the Koi Gig part on Off The Ball. You do get tired of winning. People say, oh, you never get tired. You do. You get tired of winning. You get tired of winning easily. You actually want competition in the end. You want to have to work Subscribe for it. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. The Koi Gig part on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Top pocket goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup Finals! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. I'm Kathleen McNamee and I am joined by former Ireland internationals Emma Byrne and Captain Karen Duggan who is looking smug as anything as P-Mount go into the international break. Six points clear at the top and beating rivals Shamrock Rovers at the weekend. Karen, even as I started talking there you just started smiling even more. Yeah, usually I try and keep it in, but I think this week it warrants a little bit of a smile. Um, a lot, obviously, a, a really tough game, and they probably dominated possession. But look, you make your own luck. We stayed in the game, grounded out in the end. So, um, yeah, it was a huge win. There's no point in dressing it up any other way. Like it was the top of the table clash. Um, Thirteen games in now. So when we come back, there's still seven games to go. But it puts us in a, a healthy position. I think we played. Galway, Shells, Athlone and Rovers on in the last four weeks and I, I don't know if anyone thought we'd get maximum points out of that but for us to do that is is huge because like they're really really tough games so obviously delighted to get one over on our close neighbours and close <laughs> friends in Rovers. <laughs> Were they absolutely good Karen? Were they was it getting a bit heated? No it, uh, so it didn't really get heated. Like, um, I don't know. I think after the game, I think we reacted in a way we haven't after any of our other wins. I think there was a massive relief, um, definitely for me anyway, after not converting the penalty the last time. So, um, yeah, it felt like a bit of a, a sigh of relief um, and just kind of justified our position at the top of the league like they were unbeaten so it's nice to not have to see that tweet anymore as we continue our unbeaten run so that was that was the most satisfying thing out of it <laughs> it's also kind of nice timing as well in the sense that there is the break now until the 19th of august so you can enjoy the rest and enjoy the actual victory and having that six point cushion and i suppose regroup a little bit obviously there is the all island league but um yeah and just because we're picking we're starting to pick up a few injuries um Becky Watkins had to go off early with an ankle injury we've got three girls out with knee injuries and two of them are long term as well so the break is coming at the right time because we're going to have to and I think every squad will be in the same position we're going to have to use our squad more towards the end of the season as kind of we pick up injuries and stuff and the All-Ireland League gives us a chance to give girls 90 minutes of, of game time so that they're they're ready when it comes down to the big games when we come back in August. Well, we will all be following along with interest. Some from Australia, others not, but... <laughs> <laughs> all right, rub it in. If, if you saw the amount of organisation and general lack of sleep I'm going to get over the next month, I don't think you would be all that jealous, to be honest. I, I think I'll be like there with my needles, keeping my eyes open during the actual games. But... Mentioning the World Cup, now that the WSL and the Champions League is officially wrapped up, we are turning our attention to the tournament. So our squad just went into camp today. We had the 
preliminary squad announcement on Friday from Vera Pau. No major surprises in there. Um, all pretty much to be expected. One of the main concerns for the squad at the moment is obviously the fact that Aoife Mannion's injury is still to be properly assessed. She was supposed to go for a scan today on that. So hopefully we find out um, one way or the other how she is doing. Almost got the impression from Vera Powell that she'd be on the plane, even if she didn't make that first game or if there was a potential for her making one of the other games. Um, That is to be decided. So in today's episode, we're going to look at Ireland's group opponents, Australia, Canada and Nigeria. Each of us has been tasked with a team, so we'll be becoming experts in these teams over the next couple of weeks. Um, Of course, they're all very worthy foes. We have Australia who are hosting the tournament and feature stars such as Sam Kerr and Caitlin Fjord. Then Canada are Olympic champions, even though they have been through some of their own difficulties in the last couple of months. And Nigeria, of course, are one of the most dominant African countries um, in recent memory. So it's going to be no small task for Vera Pau's side, but we are going to assess the teams with our green glasses on and look at maybe some of the areas that we can attack, some of the areas that we need to be focused on. And yeah. Basically, just make sure that uh, everyone who is listening to the podcast knows exactly what we're going up against. And there's no false hope <laughs> before the tournament starts. Uh, the Koi Gig Pod and OTV is in association with Cadbury. Official snack partners are Republic of Ireland Women's National Team. Um, so I thought the best way to go about doing this would be to do it in, on- in order of when the fixtures are actually taking place. So obviously we play Australia first in the opening game, but one of the opening games of the World Cup. So obviously New Zealand are hosting as well on the 20th of July. And Emma Byrne, I do believe you were taking over the Aussies. Yeah, my job to tackle the Aussies at 20th of July. That's like just around the corner, isn't it? <laughs> Very exciting. Um, yeah, so Australia, Australia. Um, I mean, we, we've seen them play a lot recently because they were over in our neck of the woods. Um, they're a good team. They're a really good team. They're the team that I don't think Ireland are going to mind playing so much because they're a physical team, which we like. We like the physical teams. We don't particularly like playing against the, like the technical, technical teams like Spain and Japan and France. So, Australia, for me, when, when we got drawn in that group, I was like, okay, it's not a bad group. It's not a bad top seed to get. Um, they're ranked 10th in the world, but I think their results recently have been a little bit scary, personally. Um, probably more notably against England, when they beat England 2-0. Yeah, it- that was that was a shock because they just come off the back of the Scotland loss. And I was like, okay, we, we have a chance here. And then they went and... Did yeah. a job in England and I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah, I just feel we can't, you know, I wouldn't even look at the games when they haven't had their full squad. And that's including the game they played in Dublin against Ireland. I mean, they weren't near at full squad when when we played them. Um, I mean, I'm not taking that away from that win because it'll give us confidence going into the game. But that 2-0 win in England, I just thought they were so good. Like they dominated that game. And especially Katrina Gorey, I, I thought she was excellent in there. And she probably wouldn't be the big names for Australia, one of the big names. But I think she's really, really good. And she's come back um, in excellent form. 
course, you've got uh, Sam Kerr, who's probably the world's best striker at the moment. But it doesn't really matter because if she doesn't get the ball, we don't care about her. So if we can stop her getting on the end of balls, we'll be um, very happy. And I've total confidence in our back line and in Louise Quinn up there. Well, I do think the fact that we'll have five at the back against them, it limits cross supplies. So I think we'll be happy enough to kind of deal with balls in the air even though from distance even though Sam Kerr is one of the best in the air for her height but we will be packed back there so we are very good at that though yeah we are very good at that we're very good at defending balls into the box so actually their strengths are our strengths as well Mm -hmm. the only thing is um, that their fullbacks play very very high and they like to push on especially with Ellie Carpenter back there she's excellent as for me one of the best fullbacks and she plays on the right, which means she'll be up against Katie McCabe, who will probably be our left back, <laughs> to be honest. And I, it, for me, it just means it's going to limit Katie getting forward, I think, personally. And that, other teams will know that. They're going to know that that's our main outlet, our main threat. And if they manage to pin her in, it's very hard to see where our goals would come from. Now, we obviously would take a draw in that game. But if yeah. we're talking about how we'd go and attack the Australians, I think it's it's hard to to find how we'd do that. Yeah, I think so, like, perhaps the other side. I think yeah. if Vera goes with what she went with the last game and Heather Payne playing on the right-hand side, I think that's probably going to be our outlet. And we're basically forsaking Katie and just saying, okay, Katie, you sit out this game, just stay <laughs> on the left and you keep Ellie Carpenter out of the game. And maybe a couple of other midfielders will be very wary of you. So they'll be more defensive or they mm-hmm. won't, certain won't be as attack minded. And that could be the way we get out. But to be honest, there's going into this game, I would be confident that we can definitely get a result. Like for me personally, um, I think we match them in physicality, which is one thing that they usually dominate. Um, and also we have to be careful of their counter attack because they're, they're probably so quick on the counter that I've ever seen on the counter. So if we do get that those moments where we go forward and are very happy and everyone's cheering, I'll be sitting there biting my nails thinking, remember the counter. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Remember the counter. Do you think that's the main area that we could possibly fall down against them? Um, I think it's a massive thing for them. Every team would, is definitely vulnerable in that case against Australia. But also, you know, you have to, you can't dismiss Sam Kerr. Even though we're really, really good at balls, defending balls in the area, she is one of the best. And also the second balls, they're very, very quick at picking up second balls. And that's something that we probably have been great at in recent games America and so if we were to target a particular weakness in that side what would be our best like is it attacking the other side to Katie or is there somewhere else like are we very reliant on our defense holding up and getting a <laughs> Karen's nodding yeah, yes. here for anyone who is <laughs> listening on yeah, podcast absolutely I mean personally I think um, their their defense is their weakest part. But are we going to get enough pressure on their defense if we press them high? I think we can nick the ball of them. They're not very confident on the ball at the back. But it depends on what mindset. Are we going into not concede, or are we going into try and nick a goal? You know, because that's completely different. If we can 
or moments in the game if we can push up and put pressure on their central defenders when they have the ball, we've a great chance of nicking the ball off them, hundred percent. But you know, it's that's something that we don't generally do. So I'm not. Who would sure. you go with up top to kind of? give us that target player because we'll need someone to hold the ball up. Well, it's like we're on repeat, Karen, aren't we? Yeah. We, we talk about um, Caruso, Kayra. Yeah. I think she's brilliant up there. I think she's, for me, one of the better players at holding the ball up. And that's what we need. She's also yeah. aggressive in the press. So, I mean, I thought she was really good against America and I thought that yeah, was the team. Like- that was the team we should be playing. Yeah. So I'd be surprised if, if Vera didn't start with that team again. But um, yeah, yeah, I think her, you know, Amber Barrett, I don't think has had enough game time either, considering she was the one that put us here in the first place. Uh, so I'd like to see her get on there, maybe her. Um, but in general, somebody who has an aggressive press, but more importantly, somebody who can hold the ball up, because that's what we're going to be hoping for. That's it. Like we're we have to be realistic. Possession will be limited in probably two of the three games, and that means just picking your moments, like you said, when we break. And you do have to have someone who can give you a bit of respite up front. You can't just have be peppered with balls because Australia do have and Canada and Nigeria in attack are very potent as well. So you can't just keep being peppered with balls at the back. No, and it's going to be really interesting to see what Vera does in this because this game, like they play one up, Care plays on her own. Mm. We cannot play five at the back. It's just, I mean, it's just can't. You just can't. We have to push it. It would just overload the midfield so much that we'd lose Denise as well from the equation if we've got Katie pinned back and then we're not getting overloaded in midfield. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting because mm-hmm. Australia aren't the, t- the type of team that you want to allow have possession and be putting balls in the box. You want mm-hmm. to stop that service from higher up, and that means playing players higher up and stopping that. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. Do we think Vera will have the guts to play like that in the opening game when she hasn't really done it all that much before? I think she might. I think she might. Tell Katie and Heather to play a little bit higher, maybe at first, but they'll be very defensively minded. Like, you know, the the one thing is, if we could get a point here, it's a massive result for us. So let's be realistic. Yeah. I'm not saying go gung-ho and, you know, player for player, but hopefully they'll be able to adapt in the game. That's something I don't think we've been very good at. You can line up, You talking about shape, it really doesn't matter what what formation you play. It really, really doesn't matter. We focus on it a lot because during the game, if you have Ellie Carpenter that's playing as as the striker, which maybe she will be playing that high, and then their, their left back is playing a bit deeper, you're not going to keep Heather back. You're going to push her on and then you change to a four at the back. Um, so if we can adapt during the game, I think that's a key thing as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think with Australia as well, there's a couple of their players that haven't been getting a whole host of game time, kind of similar to us. So if we can like, like attack that side of things with them as well. Yeah. Well, like centre back wise, Alana Kennedy hasn't played. She's played very, very few games this year because of injury. She is one of their starting players. Um, we spoke about Mary Fowler as well, even though she's still quality. She's not getting much game time. She's still quality, but she's a striker. Um. But yeah, in general, for me, the defensive unit is their weakest, especially when they push their full backs up so high. Mm. 
It would just be great if we had a proper attacking setup that we could make good use of it and then we could actually score some goals. But if Megan Campbell is fit, Katie could still potentially be a little bit higher. Potentially. Emma doesn't look very convinced by that. I mean, I don't know, just pace-wise, it's going to be a problem. I think you kind of need Katie back there as well, you know. I think if we had a lightning quick striker, it would solve so many of our problems. <laughs> Leanne Kiernan? This is someone that's, yeah, very exciting to see her back in the squad. Yeah. Um, I really hope the next couple of weeks go well for her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all about the next couple of weeks for Leanne and, yeah. and hopefully she'll find mm. I'd like to see her feature in the Zambia game possibly a start, see how she would equip herself for 90 minutes, given that she's still probably on the road to full fitness. Yeah, she's still on recovery mode. Yeah. She's played less than like a full half or something since she Mm. came back. So not that much at all. I think Vera was saying on Friday that for players like her and Nifahi, it's game time and also like training, making sure they're getting up their match fitness as much as possible over the next couple of weeks. Um. There's actually an open training session on Friday for the media. So I'd be curious to see then what she's what she's looking like on the pitch. Karen, you were looking at Canada. Yeah, just the old Olympic champions. No big deal. Nothing much. I think to we've been here. so focused on we've been so focused on oh I anyway have been so focused on like the big opener against Australia that kind of for get the profile that Canada come into this tournament with. They're ranked sixth in, sixth in the world. But most of the chat around them has been about the kind of industrialist dispute that's been going on. They haven't played a friendly since April. They haven't played and they have no warm-up games, only a behind closed door games, I think, when they get over there. So while they're stacked and they're coming into it and they've got a really, really strong squad. You just wonder in their heads, will there be a little bit like this wasn't the ideal preparation for a World Cup and can we like cling on to that hope that maybe Mm. there is still a bit of unrest there? Yeah, I worry that they're going to come in though and be like, oh, we want to prove the Federation wrong. So we're going to like win the... We're being glass half full here. (laughs) Green glasses, get your green glasses on. We could start stirring a little bit, right? Like trying to plant some seeds. Our Federation loves us now. We just went on strike. I mean, if you Emma, you say something that. controversial, it'll be all over Twitter. It'll blow everything off. You mean something like that might possibly be true, but you yeah. know, that's what he's talking about? Mm, okay. Yeah, uh, so they're a really experienced squad as well. And I think you have to note Christine Sinclair has played over 320 times for her country. That said, that means she's pushing 40. So maybe there's legs she's a granny what's she a granny there's a few players pushing 40 there's some on the Nigerian team as well yeah um, I suppose players that we'd be very familiar with um, just through the WSO would be obviously Jesse Fleming who is on a champion winning team like and she's not not one of the the big name stars that like grabs the headlines but to be playing consistently at that level for Emma Hayes I mean shows the quality of player and shows that she obviously rates her quite highly. 
And the fact that she already has like, what is it, like 115 caps or something? And she's so young. She's like early 20s, I think. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, 25. Um, Yeah, so it's it's hard to know what their form is like. Obviously, when they were in the She Believes Cup, um, it was very much in the middle of of what was going on. But I watched a bit of them against France. And I don't know if it was just that I was so frightened by how good France were that it it gave me a little bit of hope. Um, But similar to what Emma was saying about Australia, they're not the ticky-tacky type of team that we would hate to play against. Again, they're kind of big, strong, direct. I think they've got like nine players playing in the NWSL and that's very much the style of play they kind of have, that direct athletic USA style. And we saw that we equipped ourselves quite well against the USA. Now we didn't get over the line, but similarly, the USA beat Canada by similar scorelines. So I think we can kind of take good heart from that, I would say. Yeah, I would definitely. I would love to see the team go out and and press high. Like I think this is, I'd prefer, I think it's less dangerous to press Canada than Absolutely. it is to press Australia. They, they they don't really have that player to run in behind. So we're, we're okay with that. We can press higher. And do you know what? Canada don't like playing us. Every time we've played Canada, there's been fights on the pitch, fights on the sideline. You know, because we hold them, you, mm. you know, it was the last time we played them. Remember, Karen, it was nil-nil uh, right until like the last five minutes. Mm. And they were getting really angry. I mean, there were some serious name calls. <laughs> Um, but I think Ireland have a great chance against Canada and I'd love to see them going into that game confident and thinking they can beat them because I actually do think they can. If you look at the players they have, for me, like they have the players, what they consider their important players. Julia Grosso plays for Juventus. Yeah. She's not a physical player. I think our players would like to play against her. I think she'll be quiet in the first couple of minutes um, if you just go in hard on her in the first one. Uh, Christine Sinclair, I'm not taking anything away from her. She was a brilliant player, great goal scorer. She still is a great goal scorer, but she just, she just doesn't move as she used to. Those clever runs, those, you know, quick turns, she's not there anymore. So, you know, and, and yes, they do have some other good players, but not top, top players. So. Yeah. They're yeah. solid. They're like very, very solid team. As very well. similar to Australia. Like. Yeah. For me, Australia are better than Canada, I think, even though the rankings does not show that. But um, I think Australia are better than Canada. Yeah. Mm. I think the thing with a lot of the Australian players as well is possibly that they haven't reached the potential, or sorry, the Canadian players is that they haven't reached the potential that a lot of people have put on them. You look at, say, Jordan Hutima, who was at like PSG, then went over to Well Rain, and she was kind of tipped to be one of the great young stars and has I don't know she's talked about it a bit and said that she kind of felt the pressure of that on her shoulders and she's been tipped to be like say the new Christine Sinclair since she was like 14 or 15 which is you know (laughs) no pressure on anyone why do we do that like (laughs) that would be like the worst thing you could yeah yeah but especially in France, like she just really struggled to get like her form in front of goal and in the way that she had at a younger level. So I think, and even like Jesse Fleming is obviously playing at that high level at Chelsea. I don't know how she fully broken through in the way that they expected her to in the WSL. Um, she was so dominant when she was playing over in the States. And I think it's 
I mean, it's definitely done her well in terms of her skill level and what she's developed since being there. But again, one of the players that haven't hit the same heights. Grosso. No, I mean, we talk about physicality for Canada, but they actually don't like it when teams are physical against them. And and those players that you just mentioned, yeah. those are the players to get in on in the first couple yeah, of Yeah, maybe physicality is the wrong word. Like they're... They have brilliant athleticism, but like like you say, maybe they're they direct. don't want the fight. They're direct. They're exactly what you'd expect them to be like, you know, that kind of directness. The only thing, as I say, is they have a lot of tournament experience. Like they've been in the World Cup, apart from the first year ever, and obviously coming off the back of a successful Olympic shows that they could potentially be a tournament team. We don't know what we're like in a tournament yet. Maybe we're a tournament team. Um, but we know that Canada are. But like no one was expecting them to go on that run that they did in the Olympics. They kind of, not that they came out of nowhere because obviously they had good players, but at the start of the tournament, no one was really being them up. And then they just kind of came and just slowly built their, and that's another thing I kind of worry about Canada is that they don't necessarily do everything with a massive amount of flair or a massive amount of, look at us, we're great, but they're very good at, you know, building as they go and getting their results. And then all of a sudden you're like, I know, they got us. Yeah, the the only thing that works in our favour is that I believe one of their main players was Janine Becky. Becky, yeah. So they don't have that that flair kind of player or that player that breaks through the lines. So um, obviously we don't want anyone to get injured, but that is a big player for them. That's that a big. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's a game. I I think I'd be more looking forward to than possibly the Australia game. And I think the Australia game is just such a huge occasion. And like you say, when their full squad is together, they can beat England. So they can beat anyone. Um, whereas Canada, just basing, basing them against a top team when we saw them against France, um, they did get a goal, but they also conceded. And they, they usually don't concede. They're solid defensively. Um, but I don't see them breaking us down too easily. Because it, that kind of direct play really does suit us. Just the way we're so set up and, and solid at the back. We'd, that would kind of feed into our hands a little bit. Mm. Hopefully. I was just thinking when you said that about the Australia game, and it's like if any person is actually looking forward to that game, then I feel like they there's something wrong because sickness is all I feel whenever I think of that Australia game. So is this a game then that we set up a little less defensively maybe than we do against Australia, give ourselves the opportunity to attack a little bit more. Yeah, I think we can compare it to when we played Sweden away and Finland away in the qualifiers. When we did, we were still solid, but we applied our press more aggressively higher up the pitch. Um, And I think this is kind of an opportunity to do that. They're not dissimilar in styles in that, yeah, they're comfortable on the ball, but like it's like Emma said, there's no, without Becky, there's no massive flair player to, to cut things open so um, I'd like to see us be aggressive in the press in this one definitely Yeah, I, also think, I think the result from the Australia game is going to have a big impact on dictate how we go about it yeah like if we get a result against Australia we might go defensive <laughs> I mean I'm happy to park the bus and try and get another point on the board <laughs> just imagine Karen shouting at our TV just be like everyone behind the ball <laughs> What are you doing attacking behind? Katie, you're in the six today. <laughs> so is everyone else. 
<laughs> um, so there's no particular player and then that you think in the same way with Australia that say we need to mark Sam Kerr out of the game there's not it's more of a I mean, you, Grosso is notable but again she's she's 22 she's a midfielder but I think she's been poor for Juventus as well yeah. Lately, again, I mean, none of this is really relevant. As you said, they could be a tournament or they could be going into a World Cup and be like, wow, they'll blow our minds. They've been absolutely excellent. Mm. But if you look at them now, I wouldn't be too worried about them. Yeah. Um, they have a good keeper as well in D'Angelo. Again, I'm not a massive amount of game time. So, <laughs> Pepper, go for it. I love that was a little like head check there. <laughs> Good. Decent. <laughs> judgment on her. And then, of course, our final game in the group stages is against Nigeria. So I don't think I actually said Canada games on the 26th of July. And then the Nigeria game is on the 31st of July. That's an 11 o'clock kickoff Irish time. 8pm local time for any listeners that may or may not be traveling over um i mean nigeria have had like a couple of games in recent months which does give us like a decent idea of where they're at they played teams like new zealand they played the u.s they played haiti i thought the u.s game well that was earlier uh later last year i thought that game was particularly interesting just because we played the u.s quite recently they lost 4-0 against them and I thought it was surprising how watching it how uncomfortable they were on the ball around the US they like so many of the goals came from just like bad first touches bad passes thinking there was someone in a space that there wasn't in the US just pouncing on it and it did give me a little bit of hope now obviously very different opponents whenever they played uh, Haiti and New Zealand Actually, they struggled a little bit in those games. They're still very vulnerable at, at the back against New Zealand. They're, like you say, they're not comfortable on the ball at the back. Their main thing is their their pace on the counter, like their mm-hmm. frightening pace on the counter. But they can get dragged out of position quite easily. So easily. Um, they don't have the discipline you would expect from a top team. I mean, how would you even coach? I was watching that game and I was I feel thinking, like they're not coached. I feel like it's I'm just I'm going to I'm their coach. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know where to start with it. Yeah, well, that's kind of the thing with like them. Center mid, I was like, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing with them as well, because they don't, in a very different, like Canada situation is a bit of a mess at the moment because of the war they have with their federation. But like this team just don't meet up all that often. Like they don't have, because oppor- so many of the players are so far flung like there's ones in the US there's ones in the in China there's ones in uh, Spain there's ones in Italy like they very rarely actually meet up a, as a squad to play together and like develop a tactics and develop a system even I was looking at their tactical setup for um, the last World Cup which actually they got out of the group stage that time for the first time since 1999 and it changed game to game and it wasn't even like reading all the commentary from Nigeria about it, it wasn't even necessarily different tactics for different teams. It was just like, you go there and uh, we think this is what they're doing. It doesn't really look all that planned, but we're going to go with it. So yeah, I feel like they're the sort of side that if we can put enough pressure on them and if we can be confident in that while also maintaining our own defensive shape clubs, we don't want to get caught by their pace. We can do something. And I I've been slightly surprised at how 
definite every single prediction for this game is that Nigeria are going to beat us by a couple of goals because of all I don't know I just feel like we can actually get a result in this game considering how unfortunate a lot of the goals they have given away before are and like all their defensive frailties I don't know if that's naive no, we can absolutely get a game or get a win here. We can, we can win this game. I said it before, we could win it 4-0. We can also lose it 6-0. It's just going to be one of those games. You can't prepare for it because, as you said, they don't They're have... They're so unpredictable, yeah. They have individual players. That's it. So it depends on if you can match players, like player for player, and if you play better than their player, we're yeah. going to win the game, basically, because that's what it is. And um, they're so quick. They're so powerful. They've no tactical awareness at all. Can we get enough pressure on them to nick the ball? Can we nick the ball off them? And then can we exploit those spaces? It's up to us. We can win the game if we play well. Absolutely. 100%. That's the thing. I think out of all the games, this is the one that's probably most in our control if we turn yeah. up. For, for sure. But, you know, can we match them physically? That's a big thing. The Americans can match them physically. The Americans put pressure on them. If you can do that, you, you're going to win easily. But they have some really, really good players. Like yeah. you can't, like, for example, uh, the centre forward for Atletico Madrid, Abijade. Uh, yeah, Abijade. She's nine She's in top form. In Liga she's this in season. top form. And she's probably the be- one of the best players in La Liga at the moment. Usually we're talking about Asisa Oshuala. She's a great player as well. Um, the Champions League final with a hamstring injury and there's very little about how serious it is. And she's been kind of hampered by similar injuries quite a bit over the last couple of seasons. So I don't think it's serious. I think she would have made it if it was a week later. Um, but you're right. She does suffer hamstring injuries and... You know, I'm not sure how professional Nigeria are going into games. So will they be able to keep the players fit for, for that third game? I'm not sure. Um, been very little so far in terms of like what their warm up schedule is like and when their squad's actually going to be announced and when they're going to get players back in. Because obviously with them having players playing against so many different leagues, it's quite difficult to get everyone coming in at the same time. Like we thought it was difficult for us. And the only real difficulty was whenever, whenever Katie was going to come in and whenever the U S players were going to come in, but at least they're still playing as well at a relatively high level. Um, yeah, no, Ajbada was one of the players I picked out as one that would definitely be interesting. She scored in some of their most recent friendlies, uh, 28 games in La Liga this season, nine goals and 10 in all competitions. So that was including the Cup. Um, or Paranosi as well, who plays for Wuhan. Quite impressive in some of the previous friendlies that I watched. She scored, I think it was in the New Zealand game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have like the ones that are kind of like the older veterans, you know, Onomi AB, who's been there for absolute years, is touching. I think she is actually 40 now going into her final World Cup, but still one of those stalwart players that is a tower of strength when you need it, but probably doesn't have the same level of skill and uh, pace that she would have had before. And quite a few of their players as well are playing over in the US now. So it'll be interesting to see how that's influenced their style of play. I mean, if if we don't move the ball quick enough, we're in trouble. It's all about us and possession and moving the ball quickly. 
have to move the ball quickly against them. And that's the one thing that, you know, I think Vera will be telling them. But there's no doubt that Nigeria has improved. Um, but they're, they're, they're just so erratic. They're just so inconsistent. It's, it's really difficult. It's all about us for that game, to be quite honest. You can't prepare for Nigeria. Well, it's hard when a team isn't given any opportunity to actually build up any consistency. And it's something that like Arapanozi and Ashwala and Ajibade has talked about quite a lot in terms of they get like literally close to no money from their federation in terms of actually setting up camps and preparing themselves. Um, and even when it comes to coaches, they kind of took things seriously before the last World Cup. Um, I don't actually know that much about the current coach, Randy Waldrum, uh, apart from the fact he also coaches over in the States at the moment at a university collegiate level. Uh, I think the it'll be interesting seeing how Vera sets the team up against Zambia next week. So obviously they've played against each other in AFCON and Zambia beat them last year. One of only three AFCON finals that Nigeria haven't won. So I think it'd be interesting. Obviously, she's going to play a slightly different team, I would assume, to give people game time and kind of see where players are at. But I think it could give us a good indication as to what we might approach this game as. I'd like to see the top three be given freedom to interchange a bit, just because I do think that the Nigerian defence are a bit headless when it comes to how they defend, like they'll get sucked out of position. So if we have a good bit of interchange with the top three players, I think we could cause serious damage and then getting Heather and Katie on. I think we'll stick with the three at the back and just have maybe Megan Connolly sitting in front, but you'd like to see our full backs bombing and getting a bit of in, more involved in play than what we'll see in the first two games, I'd say. Yeah, no, I definitely think so. And I think like you were saying, that whole thing of just trying to pull them out of position as much as possible. Um, I mean, even in the US game, I don't even know how much the US were doing to pull them out of position. It just seemed like they were confused by need, what was going on. You and... don't even need to pull them. They just go. They go themselves. I mean, they could go for a bag of chips and come back to like <laughs> some of the runs they make. Like, it's just crazy. This is what I'm saying. You just have to move the ball quickly and go and try and find those spaces. So it's, it is about us and our reaction to when we win the ball back, which is something, you know, we can improve on as well. That confidence of driving forward when you win the ball back, looking up, playing direct. Like if you don't play the ball quickly, they're going to recover those spaces. They're very, very quick. So if we're looking at a kind of dreamlike, kind of realistic idea for how we do in the World Cup two draws and a win yeah that would be very nice yeah, yeah we'll take that <laughs> we'll take that yeah I did enjoy that reaction Emma. it was almost like an Irish mammy who's like that would be very nice yes please I'd love a cup of tea <laughs> fine thank you yeah we'll take I will take that I mean that's very ambitious that is very ambitious oh, yeah. but doable well. but doable yeah doable if I things mean, go right um yeah yeah like, I think that's dependent on us getting our tactics totally right, complete concentration on the night, and also players staying fit as yeah. well would be another thing. I'm, one or yeah. two injuries could see us in very This is what I don't understand about the Aoife Mannion injury. Like, why did she not have a scan straight away on that yeah. knee that she's been suffering with for years? Why is it only now she's getting the scan? 
I think she, well, from what I understood was that she did have a scan previously on it. And that was when, remember when Mark Skinner said that there wasn't any structural damage to the knee. It was more just uh, muscular or something. And then I think this is like a follow-up scan to see if it's progressing the way they expected it to. So the initial reports were that she should be okay in time for the World Cup. That it, but she missed the friendlies, but it'd be positive for the actual World Cup. And this is to make sure that that's still the aim. And just to make sure it hasn't become any more severe or anything. She's in a boot, like, so. It's still in a boot. Well, that's what Vera seemed to imply on Friday. It's in a boot, so it's not the knee. It's... Well, what? they said... It's, well, that's what she said now, so I don't know. Oh, it's said and I don't know if that the boot was just there as a general support rather than being on crutches. It's all it's all a little bit secretive for me. Yeah. Yeah, say what on. the problem is. I mean, we're we're big girls. We can take. Yeah. <laughs> can we? <laughs> we can. We can. Yeah. Um, and just to kind of wrap up our World Cup news, obviously we had the provisional Spanish squad came out today, and we've talked to quite a few. I was looking forward to this one, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Current and former players. And uh, it's interesting. So of the players that have been included, Alexia Pateas is in there. Obviously, she never really said one way or the other what she was doing. Uh, Balmate Bagier, who we had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. You can get that wherever you're listening to this now, if you haven't already. And Mariona Caldente are all included. There's no Sandra Panels, who had reportedly made herself available so that Seems to be a footballing choice. Uh, Mappy Leon, Patrick Gajaro and Claudia Pina are all not involved. They had all said that they... Well, Gajaro and Mappy Leon had definitely said they didn't want to be involved. I'm not entirely sure about Claudia Pina. Uh, and then in terms of the sort of players that we would talk about week in, week out, uh, Uabi, Alexandri and Lucia Garcia are just not involved in the squad for footballing reasons. I think they were not picked. Um, so... Thoughts, queries, comments, women. <laughs> I, well, Mappy Leon is the standout, really, isn't it? That you'd be like, I just, I think it's a sad day, yeah, in Spain, to be honest, and in Catalonia more so because you've got you had fifteen players, including Alexia, yeah. who said that we cannot play. We're in a me- This is the problem. Why give the give the reason? Like, yeah, it's black and white. Why you don't want to play? Anyway, that's another show. So you these players together sticking together because they wanted to change something for the next generations, and then they realized they weren't winning that battle, and it was just such a poor run. Whatever it was they were doing, I still don't know. The fact they had to send an email to say, please let me back in there. And then it's so much worse that they've had to to do that in there after doing that. And then you've got the girls that some of them stood strong and no, 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 I'm sticking by what I I thought at the beginning. And then some of them didn't get chosen, which for me, it's it's heartbreaking. Mm. They sent the email and, and they still didn't like Panos, for example. I'm sorry. Uh, FIFA goalkeeper of the year contender, Champions League winner. The girl that sits on the bench for her is going. Like, what is that all about? And that for me, as a player, if my goalkeeper was suffering like that, I'd be like, no, I'm sorry, something, I can't do this. This is not good. It's a mess. 
and it's a pity because they're one of the teams that usually I would love to watch and would love to see do well. And now I'm not sure how I feel about them. I just think I, I, I don't know what's going on in there. I don't know how they're all thinking. All I do know is, which I'm I'm laughing at, because some of those players in the, the, that stayed and played, some of mm. those players were kind of agreeing with some of the stuff, but they didn't go with them. They were playing. Now the girls come back in and they probably will sit on the bench. That's like, it's for me, it's quite funny. All this, it's just... Yeah, it's a strange set of affairs just for anyone who hasn't seen it. The general reporting out of Spain this evening is that the people who did go back uh, thought that it would be easier to create change from within the setup than from outside of it. Uh, the Federation also agreed to create an economic fund to finance the travel of the players, relatives and any caregivers for their children to Australia and New Zealand. So that was announced, I think, a couple a week or two ago now at this stage by the um, Spanish Federation. And they've also invested in a sports psychologist in that package. I'm going to need it. Oh, well, a mediator. Bring someone yeah. there to, to be the mediator. We know a guy. We know a mediator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, obviously, it's great to have that, but I also don't know how many of the players need that when a lot of their other stuff was about, you know, the medical treatment they were receiving. It, it did say as well that they've made an additional effort in order to provide the best possible conditions for the soccer players and find the best solution so that players receive the support of their closest circle during the championship. Um, apparently, Bielda also visited training camps of the players who had refused to play under him. And then last month, uh, those who wanted to resume playing from Spain spent the email that Emma mentioned there. So, yeah, I d- it's definitely not a story that's finished. I mean, you look at the names of the players that aren't going, I'm sure they are going to be picked up by someone in terms of doing some sort of either exclusive... Have- do we actually know what they wanted in the first place? Like, do are we still kind of in the dark about that? Well, it was never like... like... I just wanted to get rid of the management, wasn't it? <laughs> well, that's what we think, but <laughs> nothing was ever... Nothing was said, which yeah. probably is why there's loads of question marks. <laughs> it was never officially said, but the reporting was that they didn't think the training sessions were up to standard, that the manager wasn't picking teams that were very smart, that like the tactical insight wasn't there that he didn't really understand how women's football and how the team operated and then all the usual stuff of oh well we're not getting you know the supports that we should have we're not getting the money we should have um but again that was all just through reporting from spain it wasn't either way no matter what it was there was a group of players that decided to do this nobody was really in charge or nobody was really you know keeping the group together and they just got picked off and and they had no emma Byrne. no they'd no where was their PSA, where was their lawyers? Where were their, you know, people that represent them? Mm. I don't, it was a very strange thing. Very strange. We'll, we'll, well go to the grave with that one, I think. Give us <laughs> something to talk about, though. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's the ongoing story, and I, I highly doubt it's the last we will hear about this over the World Cup. Um, but for this evening, that is all from us for now. Obviously, we have the game next week, so most likely we will have a podcast reacting to that rather than our usual Tuesday morning upload. Um, but unless some major breaking news breaks in the meantime, Kath, I say Kathleen, Karen and Emma, it has been an absolute pleasure. I hope you have a lovely week and I will chat to you both soon.
The Koigig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.